The NBA playoffs are heating up, and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. With same-game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more, don't miss out as the NBA postseason winds down. And if you're new to DraftKings, you got to check this out. New customers bet 5 bucks to get 150 in bonus bets instantly. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code ROSS. That's code ROSS for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just 5 bucks. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net in New York. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21-plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash football for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. It's the Ross Tucker Football Podcast. Oh, <laughs> yeah, it is. But it's not just any Ross Tucker Football Podcast. It is a Monster Monday presented by DraftKings, and he's back. Yeah, I thought about it over the weekend, and I thought, I can't wait until Thursday or Friday to hear what the civilian goat Greg Cosell thinks about the draft picks on day two and day three. In particular, all those quarterbacks that went off the board in order. Got to get Greg's thoughts on the team and the player and the fit. So Greg will be today this week. In fact, Greg will be in about a minute. So you've come to the right place if you want to get Greg's thoughts on Davis Mills and Kellen Mond and all those guys. I should mention, since it's a new week, we're giving out winners. And you know how much I love giving out winners. A lot of you have never actually tried to win. I'm telling you, I know. And if you try, you get a really good chance to win. Just spread the word via social media, at Ross Tucker NFL or at Ross Tucker Pod. It's the easiest thing to do. Go to either one of those pages on Twitter or Instagram or Facebook and just like or reply or quote tweet. Quote tweets, you get a great chance of getting retweeted. You quote tweet how you love Greg or you love the show, great chance of getting retweeted. Sponsor confirmation email winner. Look, sponsors are big for us. It's 100 Flowers Week. You know how I feel about keeps. Uh, So those are big ones. Hopefully you don't need to get keeps for your mom for Mother's Day. But if you do, that happens. That's understandable. YouTube shout out, trying to grow that YouTube page. It's a great way to A, see what we all look like and see our facial expression when we're doing the show, but B, to just see the highlight clips of the other shows that maybe you don't listen to the whole thing. Just see the best part of it. Either follow at Ross Tucker Pod or go to youtube.com slash Ross Tucker NFL. Patron of the day, patreon.com slash RT Media. Andrew Marcinko. Love when we get new patrons. Keep it coming. Uh, it's Big Show time. The Big Show. All right, Greg. So we <laughs> talked Friday. Long time no talk. Yeah. I was in a hotel room in Philly, but now I'm back. I'm home. We talked about the first round 
and what interested me there. And I got your thoughts. You had some great stuff for people that didn't listen. Go back and listen to some of the things that Greg said about Trey Lance in Kyle Shanahan's offense. Some of the things that Greg said, I thought about Peyton Turner were really interesting. I know that got picked up by a lot of the Saints fans that they like that. So if you want to hear what Greg thought about the first round, that's where you go. Friday's Ross Tucker football podcast. Today is going to be round two or three. And in particular, some of the quarterbacks, Greg, I, I guess we'll start because I really don't remember what you said about this guy. Let's start with Davis Mills was the Houston Texans' first draft pick. He went in the second round, or maybe it was early third, I don't know. Uh, early third, I guess. But he was the Texans' first draft pick. They took Davis Mills, a guy that, I got to be honest with you, Greg, I was kind of surprised he left school early. I mean, yeah. he barely played. I, I, I was surprised by that. What What did you see from Davis Mills and your thoughts on the Texans drafting him? Well, the Stanford coaching staff was surprised he left school early as well, Ross. He started 11 games in college, no full season on his resume. Uh, and, and normally that makes it a tough deal. Um, he does possess good traits. He's got clean footwork. He sets well in the pocket. He's got an easy delivery with no wasted motion. He looks the part. There were throws, and I think I watched all 11 starts, there were throws and flashes where he really looked the part of an efficient pocket passer with his clean mechanics and his easy delivery. Now, a couple of things that stood out, and this is just lack of experience. Um, what stood out was that he was not as precisely accurate with the consistency needed for the kind of player that he is. And he needs work just with his progression reading going through the progressions uh, at the speed and tempo that are, is required. That's all lack of experience. But now he's in the NFL. Um, the one trait that I think he really needs to work on as well, because he's essentially a pocket quarterback, is what we call pocket movement. Not leaving the pocket. And by the way, he's athletic enough to make a play outside of structure here and there. He's not a statue, but he is a pocket quarterback at his core. What he needs work on is pocket movement. And by that, I mean, think of a boxing ring, maybe an area a little bit smaller. The ability to navigate that area cleanly and efficiently so you essentially can find a quieter place to deliver the football. That is an area in which he needs work. So there are good traits that are there. And I guarantee people love the way he throws it when he looks good because it does look pretty. But I think there's much work to be done given the lack of experience. Yeah, Greg, I don't know, man. I mean, the way – first of all, his injury history is significant. That's that's scary for a lot of people with the knee. When they see a big knee brace like that on a college quarterback, that's a little bit scary. Yeah, I mean, his injury history is significant. And then you mentioned pocket movement. You mentioned progression reads. You mentioned not precisely accurate. I don't know. Um I guess I'm surprised people liked him. Some people liked him as much as they did, given that breakdown, Greg. Well, like I said, there's he does look very, very good at times. He throws a beautiful seam ball, has a great feel for what we call the firm touch throw, um, and that's a throw that you have to make in the NFL. It's a middle-of-the-field throw. 
and there's more middle of the field throws in the NFL than there are in college football. So, you know, he comes from clearly a pro style offense. So even though he only has 11 starts, he's relatively well schooled in that style of offense where he's under center. They have a power run game. They have playoff action off of that. So he's done all those things. He just doesn't hasn't done them a lot. But he does, Ross, look very pretty at times throwing the football. What about Kellen Mond? I know there were some people that were really high on the former Texas A&M quarterback who the Vikings took in the third round. Yeah, well, what's interesting about that pick to me is a year prior, they had taken Nate Stanley from Iowa, I believe, in the fourth round. So obviously, they after a year with Nate Stanley, they don't think he's probably anything more than a backup. Um, Kellen Mond's an interesting guy because he improved dramatically from 2019 to 2020. Um, I thought he had much better command of his throws in 2020. His ball placement was more consistently precise, particularly on tougher, tight window throws in the middle of the field versus zone. And those are tough throws. And I thought he did a much better job. The thing with Mond, and this will be changed in the NFL, is he tended to hold the ball way too high, Ross. He held it right under his chin. And I'm sure he was taught that but you really can't do anything athletically with your hands that high. So he was very stiff and robotic and mechanical because of that. It resulted when you hold the ball up under your chin. I mean, just think about it. If you just put your hands right up here, and I know people can see this, you really can't do anything athletically. It resulted in upper body stiffness and a tight throwing motion. So he threw the ball really well in the short to intermediate areas, but he really couldn't drive the ball vertically from that ball carriage. That will be changed in the NFL. So I don't know how that will play out because you're making a change. Um, but I think he does throw the ball well. I think there's something there to work with. If indeed Minnesota sees him as the guy down the road and it's the same coaching staff with the same offense, I think he can function effectively in the context of that offense. You know, it reminds me a little bit, Greg. Remember in college, Aaron Rodgers had both hands up here, like by his ear, and he would oh, hold yeah, the ball that, like that? Yeah, that was the Jeff Tedford thing, and that got changed the moment he got to the NFL. And it didn't allow him to be as athletic, or he did look more robotic in college like that. You know, he no, didn't and Mon is not unathletic, but he plays at times unathletically because of that. Let's get to Kyle Trask. Yeah. With the Bucks, um, who I think they took at the end of round two. What do you think of Trask to the Bucks? Yeah, that, that was an interesting pick, and it didn't surprise me because keep in mind that at his core, Bruce Arians believes in pocket quarterbacks. He he's old school. He believes the game is played in structure, and your quarterback has to be efficient from the pocket. That's what Kyle Trask is. Kyle Trask, if you get the best out of him and you have enough team, he's a pure pocket player. Now, you need him to be clean in the pocket because what happens when he's not clean is his footwork breaks down. He has a tendency to throw over his front foot, which means he loses velocity. He loses accuracy. He's not a big-armed guy to begin with. So when he loses velocity, that's a little bit of an issue. Um there's no question, and Bruce Arians knows this, there's no question that Kyle Trask does not have second reaction movement ability. Um, that comes down to your belief in that. Bruce Arians has such a strong belief in his system presenting the throws for the quarterback 
that he's not really worried. This is my guess anyway. He's not really worried about the one or two plays in a game where the quarterback may have to move. He's more worried about the 98, 99% of the plays that need to be executed. And when all's said and done, what you're trying to do with your system is you're trying to give your quarterback answers. You're trying to make sure that he's protected versus all defensive looks. You're trying to make sure that he throws with proper technique. That's the Bruce Arians, I think, belief in quarterback play. And Kyle Trask fits that model. Yeah, well, and at least for a year, he gets to watch a guy that doesn't do second reaction plays. You know, Right, right. I mean, he's certainly not playing this year, as we know, barring an injury to Tom Brady. But assuming Brady, who really hasn't been injured, you know, in a very long time, um, assuming that's the case, Kyle Trask is going to sit and learn from the greatest of all time. But but Kyle, there's no mystery to what Kyle Trask is. It's just what's your belief in that, and Bruce Arians is old school. He's not a believer that a quarterback has to have second reaction movement ability. What do you think Sean Payton saw in Ian Book to take him in the fourth round? That was one of the surprising picks to me in, in, in a number of ways, because Ian Book's college tape is not very good. Um, if you think of the NFL. Now, Sean Payton, we know about Sean Payton, and we know his belief in his system as well, and making a quarterback an efficient player. But Book's college tape showed kind of an instinct quarterback more than a timing rhythm pocket thrower. He's got really good mobility. He made a lot of secondary action plays. He left the pocket way too prematurely a good part of the time. Um, When I finished watching his tape, I thought that there'd be serious questions about his ability to consistently execute an NFL passing game with its emphasis on timing and route progressions. I think he needs to develop a much better feel in the pocket, stay in the pocket, deliver the football, does not have a very good arm. It's average at best, really did not show the ability to drive the ball. So, you know, I think this is Sean Payton saying, I can make this guy an NFL quarterback. I know it will take time, but I can make him an NFL quarterback. I I don't know, and this is purely tape study. I just didn't come away from watching books tape thinking that boy, he's he can be a good enough thrower to be an NFL quarterback. I I didn't I didn't feel like I had a good answer for that. And if I did, I would say I would lean toward the fact that I didn't think he could become a good enough thrower. What's he doing leaving the pocket with three O linemen taking in the first one hundred picks? I mean, yeah, I mean, no, he, Lichenberg, he, he was one of Banks, Hainsey, I mean, like O line's always good. Yeah, his game was built on on moving around. Um, he's certainly not an aggressive turn it loose thrower. He relied much more on his movement than on his passing. I mean, I watched their two, um, I watched their two wide receivers, Javon McKinley and Skoronic, and and of course the tight end Tommy Tremble. And I thought their numbers there would have been so so much better if Book executed the offense. Wow. All right, there's one more quarterback I want to get your thoughts on. Because I saw him play in person once, and I was impressed with his traits. And that is Jamie Newman, who Ah. went undrafted. We believe that he's signing with the Philadelphia Eagles. I don't know if that's official or not, but those are the reports. Greg, I saw him in person. I interviewed him. Like, he was in the production meeting. He looks the part, physically put together – he runs pretty well. He, he's he got a pretty nice arm. 
goes undrafted. So there's got to be a lot of flaws there. Tell me about him. Yeah, I watched him from his 2019 tape when he was at Wake Forest. I kind of liked him. Um, I thought he had size, arm talent, plus athletic movement. Um, there was a big emphasis on RPOs at Wake Forest and timing play-action concepts, and that defines the reads and the throws. We know those principles are becoming more and more prevalent now in the NFL. Um, I thought he showed progression reading ability. He made late-in-the-down pocket throws. Um, I was – look, no knock on Jamie Newman. It's a very personal decision. I was just saddened that we didn't have tape of him playing at George in 2020 in the SEC. But I thought he showed strong pocket traits. I thought there's things to develop and cultivate. Uh, you know, it's just one of those things. I mean, obviously he didn't play, and it obviously dropped him out of the draft. Um, I think he's got traits to work with, and I think what he did at Wake Forest in 2019 with the style of offense they ran – lends itself to some of the things that we see now very often in the NFL. So, you know, I, I can't sit here and say I'm surprised he wasn't drafted. I, I just – I think he's got a chance if given an opportunity. Whether that happens or not, I don't know. So while I'm on surprises, I got to ask you, I was also – and people are going to say I'm being an Eagles homer here because I do their preseason games in the draft. Kenny Gainwell going in the fifth round. That really surprised me, Greg. I mean, you think about Tony Pollard, yep. Antonio Gibson, uh, Henderson from the Rams, what those guys, done, especially what Pollard and Gibson have done, those guys, I mean, Gainwell played over Gibson a couple years ago. Had a, He only played one year at running back, had an unbelievable year, and then he goes in the fifth round, Greg. It's not like he can't catch. That's like the best part of what he does. Yeah, again, you know, did it surprise me to some degree? Absolutely, because I thought uh, that he was the best receiving back in this class. And, you know, it's funny. I've made the comparison, and not in terms of the actual player. Um, you know, I've made the Alvin Kamara comparison. And not because Kamara is way better in terms of being far more athletic and explosive. So he's not Alvin Kamara in terms of that. But he's Alvin Kamara in terms of the way he can be deployed within the context of an offense. Because Gainwell lined up outside, split, detached, and ran routes at all three levels. He ran vertical routes. He caught back shoulder fades. He's, he literally looked like a wide receiver. He had really, really good hands and body control, made tough catches. So it's, it's deployment. It's not the fact that he is Alvin Kamara. He is not. Um, but it's the way he can be deployed in the context of an NFL offense. And I think that, <clears throat> to me, as I said, yes, Travis Etienne can be split and detached as well and is a more explosive athlete than Gainwell. But Gainwell, to me, just in, as far as what he was asked to do as a receiver with the kind of routes he ran, I thought that he was the most multidimensional and best receiving back in this class. Greg, do you think – he could get some slot receiver snaps for the Eagles potentially. I mean, they have Greg Ward. Yes. I don't know who their second slot receiver is. There'll be a battle there, but do you think he could be second or third string running back, rotate in there, but get some snaps? Like, is he good enough to get some snaps as a slot receiver? Yes. And and keep in mind where Nick Soriani's been in his career. He was with the Chargers when they had Eckler. Um, and he was with the Colts. They had Naheem Hines. Now, I think Gainwell 
is better than both those guys as a receiver. Eckler is pretty good, though. And I think he, he, he has a background of using backs as split players all throughout your formation. So this is not new to him. I would not be surprised to see Gainwell and, and Miles Sanders on the field at the same time. Uh, speaking of uh, surprises, Jared Patterson, my guy from UB, Bad. went undrafted. I mean, that's a lot of yards to not get drafted, Greg. I mean, they, they don't hand out yards. I know he had a good old line. They don't hand out yards to people. Yeah. 5'6", 195, you know, didn't run great. Um, he was a volume runner, as you well know, in college. My guess is he's not he's not going to be seen as a volume runner, and therefore he doesn't get drafted. Um, the receiving element was extremely limited uh, in college, even though he ran multiple route concepts out of the backfield. It was somewhat limited. So my guess is people aren't sure what he is in the NFL at five six one ninety five. I mean, I guess if you love him, do you do you think? that he could be, although obviously teams did not think this, but if you did love him, do you think that he's Maurice Jones-Drew, who had a great, great career and was small, um, probably weighed a little more than Jared Patterson? Um, Do you see him as a Devonta Freeman type back? Obviously teams did not see this, did not see him this way, Ross, and I know that you did some games, and obviously he he looked good. I mean, he's got – He's got a pretty good running skill set. He's got a compact muscular frame. He's got quick dynamic feet, low center of gravity, low pad level. But my guess is no one knew what he could be in today's NFL. It's a really good point, Greg. Greg has lots of them. I took a ton of notes. We'll be posting these on social media throughout the next couple of days, at Ross Tucker NFL, at Ross Tucker Pod. And, of course, check out Greg at Greg Cosell. Thank you, Greg. Thanks, Ross. Appreciate it. You know what I really appreciate? Putting a smile on the faces of the moms in my life. I did it over the weekend. While I was in the Eagles bubble doing the stuff for the Eagles, I went to 1-800-Flowers.com. I clicked on the radio icon in the upper right corner, and I got – what did I get? I got my mother-in-law tulips. I got my mom – And my wife's Oma, her grandmother, I got them assorted roses. They've got all kinds of awesome deals. I can't wait. I have them delivered on Wednesday. So they enjoy it a few days before Mother's Day, a few days after. Look, Mother's Day is this Sunday. This is your last chance to lock in these amazing Mother's Day deals. So order today. It's Monday. It's six days away. To order last-minute Mother's Day bouquets, arrangements, and gifts, go to 100flowers.com, click the radio icon, and enter code FOOTBALL. That's 100flowers.com, code FOOTBALL. Ducks takes. Morning, Ross. How are you today? I'm doing great, Brian. How are you? Excellent. So you got into it pretty good with Greg. Anything else that stood out to you from day two and day three of the NFL draft? Well, I guess I, I guess the big surprise is there's usually several veteran players that get traded. You know, I thought, and I tweeted this at Ross Tucker NFL, I thought Jimmy G would get traded to the Patriots for a late-round pick. Now, I thought the Niners were taking Mac Jones. And if the Niners took Mac Jones, that is what I think would have happened. Because then the Niners wouldn't have needed a quarterback to play this year. 
because Mac Jones is considered ready to go. And the Patriots wouldn't have gotten Mac Jones. Now, the way things unfolded with the Niners taking Trey Lance and Jones following the Patriots, obviously the Patriots aren't going to trade for Jimmy G now. Uh, but I, I still thought he would get traded, but I don't know who wants him now. Bears got Fields. You know, maybe the Texans still? I don't know. That's about it. And then Zach Ertz, I thought, might get traded for the Philadelphia Eagles. But, you know, he's still relatively young. He still has several good years on him left. I think the Eagles think he represents good value at $8 million. I just don't think they want to give him away. I think they want to, if they're going to move on from him, they want to get more value than that. Tux takes. Now let's get into the players that were actually taken in the second and third rounds. Well, I thought the second round is always interesting because it's guys that we thought could have gone in the first round that fell to the second for whatever reason. Landon Dickerson to the Eagles was his medical history. Ojolari, uh, uh, the D-end edge rusher for the Giants, he didn't go till pick 50 because there's concern about his knee. Terrace Marshall, wide receiver from LSU, same thing. Even Fryermuth, the Penn State tight end, didn't go to the second round of the Steelers because he had that shoulder surgery. I'll tell you what really annoyed me there, Bri. Franco Harris saying Freermuth. I mean, first of all, it's the only time these guys will ever get drafted. Can we not ensure that their name is pronounced correctly? And then make it even worse, Bri. Franco Harris went to Penn State. Has he not watched a single Penn State game the last three years? Friermuth catches like five passes a game. And he says Friermuth? I mean, the one thing we know for sure now is that Franco Harris does not watch his alma mater play football. He does not watch Penn State. He clearly does not care. And that's fine. I'm just annoyed for Friermuth. Friermuth. Takes. Let's talk veteran quarterbacks. Uh, Steelers gave Mason Rudolph a one-year extension, and the Panthers picked up the fifth-year option for Sam Darnold. I love the Steelers giving Dar- uh, Rudolph the one-year extension. They think there's a chance he could do it. So now their floor for their 2022 quarterback is Mason Rudolph. Very smart by the Steelers. For $5 million, Mason gets a chance to maybe show what he can do if the Steelers don't get anybody better. And the Steelers are covered for 2022. Worst-case scenario. Love that. I don't understand the fifth-year option for the Panthers for Sam Darnold. I don't know why you feel like you need to guarantee $19 million for him right now. See how he can do. If he's if he's awesome, you're going to want to give him a long-term deal anyway. If he's bad, you're going to have to eat a lot of that money like you just did with Teddy Bridgewater. Stupid. Tuck Stakes. Last bit of news today, Ross. Jags owner Shad Khan made an interesting comment to Peter King. What's up with that? Well, he said um, that he told Trevor Lawrence, if you do what you've done to this point, there's going to be two constants. You're going to be in Jacksonville, and I'm going to be in Jacksonville. So, is that a weird comment? Like, what do you mean you're going to be in Jacksonville, Shad Khan? You're the owner of the team. I don't know. I mean, I'm not, uh, I'm not like trying to make a big deal out of it. I just thought it was a weird comment to make. Like, as opposed to what? Selling the team? As opposed to going to London? As opposed to dying? I mean, I, I don't know what he's talking about. I really don't. I do know 
that ExpressVPN is where it's at. Look, using the internet, especially in public places like a hotel or an airport where I travel a lot, is like going to the bathroom and not closing the door. Don't keep the door open. Internet service providers know every single website you visit. They can sell this information to ad companies and tech giants who then use the data to target you. ExpressVPN creates a secure encrypted tunnel between your device and the internet. So your online activity can't be seen. It works on phones, laptops, even routers. So everyone who shares your Wi-Fi can be protected. I use it. Uh, I know some of my Go Big employees use it. I know Brian uses it. Brian signed up. Secure your online activity. It's really easy, by the way. And I know you think you don't need it, but that's what people think about things like this until you realize you did need it. Go to expressvpn.com slash Tucker today. E-X-P-R-E-S-S vpn.com slash Tucker. And you can get an extra three months free expressvpn.com slash Tucker. Let's get to an email, Brian. Ever wanted to ask an NFL player a question? Well, here's your chance. It's time to ask Ross. The email address, ross at rostucker.com. One of my favorite things that we do, you take advantage of a sponsor like ExpressVPN or 100 Flowers. You send it to me. Hopefully you win a signed press pass. I just realized I have an awesome Eagles-Jaguars press pass from uh, preseason a couple years ago that you could have. Anyway, then you get to ask me any question you want, which is awesome. What do you got, Bright? Hey, Ross. Love the podcast. My wife loves getting these flowers, so everybody wins. Um, really enjoyed you talking on a recent episode about playing under Marty Schottenheimer. I grew up in the D.C. area, and I can remember watching the season finale that year uh, where the Fox broadcast uh, caught him yelling, quote, we're on an effing roll on one of those parabolic mics in the fourth quarter. I also remember the following years under Steve Spurrier being, well, well what they were. My question for you, uh, do you have any stories or anecdotes from those years in Washington? Any funny stories or wow moments from playing with Daryl Green, John Jansen, Chris Samuels, Terry Crews, or anyone towards the top or bottom of that roster? Thanks again for the hours of the podcasts. That is from Grant Ferguson. Love it. 1-800-Flowers, Grant. I love that. So, um, Daryl Green had been playing in the NFL since 1983 when I was four years old, my rookie year, Brian. He had been in the NFL since I was four years old, my rookie year. And the thing is, is he was still fast, really small, really slender, but still fast. John Jansen, I was captain one game against the Steelers. And this funny story I tell there is John made me wear my helmet. He's like, you're going to a battle. You're going to a war. You wear every piece of equipment you have. So I had this picture in my exercise room of me as a captain next to LeVar Arrington and I got a helmet on, LeVar doesn't. It would be the awesomest picture ever if I didn't have my helmet on. So John ruined that for me. But he was a great guy, kind of a mentor for me. Chris Samuels was awesome dude, crazy voice, and very, very gifted. 
He gave up one sack my whole rookie year, the whole season. And it was when it was hard play action to him. So it was really more like unfortunate than it was him actually getting beat because he's supposed to really sell the run. Hugh Douglas slanted inside, whatever. Um, Those are some of the stories I remember. Grant, appreciate the email. Love the emails. Keep them coming. Please take advantage of the sponsors. Just go to sponsor page, RossTucker.com. I think we're done here. Shout outs. Pizza Broy Brewing, Sport of Culture, Vision Comics with an X, HumanHeadNYC.com. We will have the College Draft Podcast this morning. And then uh, Even Money tomorrow. We'll go over all of our NFL draft bets, tell you how we did, and first look at how we think some of these teams did and what it means for them moving forward. And, of course, Fantasy Feast will start to go over some of these players on these teams. And Andrew Brandt, got to pick his brain on Aaron Rodgers' situation on Wednesday. Other than that, I think we're done here. Thanks for listening to the Ross Tucker Football Podcast. Make sure to also subscribe to the Fantasy Feast, Even Money, Business of Sports, and College Draft. All available at Apple Podcasts, RossTucker.com, or wherever podcasts can be found. A lot of times on the show, I mention DraftKings. Here's what you need to know. you got to be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 100Gambler or in Indiana, one 800 with it. By the way, if what I was talking about included a deposit bonus, doesn't always, sometimes it does. Deposit bonus requires 25 times playthrough, and deposit bonuses are paid out in site credit. 